I'd like to welcome to the show, Cab. How are you today, buddy? I'm feeling great. Grateful to be alive today. Amen to that. Amen to that. Before we kind of dive into the deeper topics, I want to introduce you to the world and have you kind of explain who Cab is and, and as an individual. Who is Cab as an individual? Uh, start off, uh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Got to give a shout out to my city, the great Motown. Um, I started off, uh, you know, just growing up. How should I say this? You know, just like any old regular kid in the city, you know, parents were divorced. Uh, spent a lot of time moving around growing up. I found myself, you know, I'm staying in a section of Michigan. We call it Down River. It's just south of Detroit. Um, when it comes to my mind state now and how I think now, like with the content I put out, it's it's a complex story. But like I had to reevaluate my life. So like, wow, it's like, you know, it's kind of funny how I get to this point. Uh, I'm a rapper. Uh, clothing designer. I just launched my own clothing line. Um, j- that's just a little bit about me. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, mainly I was I was focused on the music, but in the past few years, I found myself getting into politics with, like I say, with my change in my political views and my identity over the past like two or three years. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we kind of dive into that a little bit, what made you decide to want to get into music? Uh, I was listening to some of your raps and I was just like, man, this guy is, this guy's got, do you, first off, the question is, do you write your own stuff? Yeah. Yep, I've been writing my own stuff uh, since forever, so you know. <laughs> exactly. So what kind of made you want to get into music? Was that just something that you always uh, had an eye for? Yeah, my mother, funny thing, growing up, my mother was a DJ. She used to DJ for different functions, like whether it be at my school that I went to at the time in Detroit or different family members or different friends that she had, you know, here and there. And everybody was like, you know, calling her. And plus, you know, she's a singer. She's actually in a band right now, two bands, actually. And. I was around that musical element my whole life. So at first, originally, I wanted to be a singer and I was just singing everything from Michael Jackson to Usher, you know, all like the great stuff coming out. Then as puberty hit, as you can hear, my voice got lower. So I transitioned to rapping, but I still wrote like R&B songs. But recently, recently I got back into singing because, like you know, my confidence, I started to get the confidence to sing again. So like I sing and I rap. Uh, I actually start rapping because Oh, I got serious about rapping when I met my best friend in middle school. His name is Dre. And I saw him rapping and like he was a well-known rapper in the school. And I was like, wow, that was the first time I really seen somebody like take it seriously. And so I started fooling around with it. And after hanging with him more, I really took it seriously and said, you know what? This is this is the art form I want to choose to like, you know, be my career. And like I say, as I got, you know, time went on, I started to expand on it and I make music from different different sides of me like uh how like right here it says cab that was the first name i came up with because that's my initial because my name is keenan and so i just took my initials and i made it to be right where the cab stands for kindness and benevolence and killing all bullshit so it's two sides of me but just like an actual taxi cab it takes you my music takes you where you need to go and then i made two other aliases that i make a completely different type of music from in the past few years so you know, like I say, I, I've been around music my whole life, but just until recently, I started to get better with my skills, like really, like really taking it seriously, especially with everything happening now in the world. I say, you know what? I got to come at a different angle to really show people like, you know, just the skills that I do have. Absolutely. Um, while I was doing some research and kind of looking at some of the stuff that you have spoken about over these last couple months, one of the things that really stood out to me the most was this this kind of quote you put in, in, in your thing, you said, 
People say it's the white man I should fear, but it's my own kind, my own kind doing all the killing here. Take me behind your thought process and the and the meaning of that for you. And like I say, um, to, the, to some of those that don't know, that's actually a quote from Tupac on uh, "Only God Can Judge Me," and that line recently in the past few years it always stood out to me like i say i've started to look at it from a different perspective and what it means to me is it's pretty self-explanatory is that you know my whole life you know i've heard everything about how bad white people are even though i grew up around white people had white friends and all this but i harbored a like a lot of a lot of black people do uh and they're starting to show it now they harbor a a secret hatred of white people because we've been taught that you know you hear from your grandparents you hear from your parents and you hear it from the black church you hear it from black media you hear it from groups like black lives matter you hear it from all these so-called you know these democratic politicians who claim to care about us black white hispanic whatever and so growing up with this you know i harbored that hatred but until recently i started to realize like wow like i'm from detroit you know all i've ever seen or ever heard about was young black men getting killed by other young black men. And I started to do, you know, research on it. Cause for my whole life, I never really did any research on it. Or I took the, I took the statistics that the left was giving me. For sure. I never really did any deeper research on it, but I started to do research from the right and compare both two. And I was like, wow, it was like, you know, it was sad for me to find out that, you know, most of the shooting victims in this country, most of it, 48% specifically, and this is from the department of justice, 48%, of anybody that gets murdered in this country are young black men between the ages of 18 and 30 and over 50 percent of the perpetrators are young black men between the ages of 18 and 30. and it was a very humbling moment when i realized that wow it's like you know and i don't care i know what nobody says about this but you know we we are we do commit most of the violent crime in this country ironically against each other and when i heard about that quote that, that quote from tupac i was like yeah it's like people telling me it's the white man i should fear but it's my own kind doing all the killing here because like i said i've been robbed at gunpoint by another black man almost lost my life and just going through that made me realize like wow i was like as much as i've grown up around white people i've never had to experience this regardless of you know the hatred that gets regardless of the stuff that gets taught to me about white people it's like I've never been robbed by a white person, never been really not really mistreated by a white person, maybe call some names, but nothing really brutal. I've only ever faced severe brutality from other black boys growing up, not just because that's who I live around, but it's a toxic culture that and I've been a part of it too, a toxic culture that exists amongst black men that a lot of us don't want to take accountability for that. You can't really you can't really trace it back to, you know, slavery or systematic racism it comes from a toxic culture we've created and that's that's where that uh the book that's where the base of that quote when i put that on that post came from i told people like look as much as you want to complain about white people you know take a look at our cities like i say i'm from detroit so it's like you know i've, I've lived this so it's like you know like i say we have to take accountability for what we're doing to each other and not really focus on what's happening with the police which doesn't really happen as much as people think it does you know Absolutely. Do you feel like the main reason why we are the way we are is the lack of knowledge, the lack of, so you, like you said, with the left or right, for me, it's, it's left, right. It doesn't matter. I think we get toxic uh, spew from each side of the fence, right? Do you mm -hmm. think it's that lack of knowledge, the lack of, of taking just a, especially with social media, 
You take, yeah. for instance, one post, right? It doesn't matter what it says. The people take that as news. People, so for me, is it uh, black or white? Do you think a lack of knowledge, the lack of want to understand things, is that what hinders a lot of what's going on today? It really, you hit it right on the head. It really does. You know, like I said, we take stuff as gospel instead of doing deep research about it. Like we just say, you know what? Yep, that's true. And especially when you have the media who who are extremely on the left, they push stuff towards the left. You know, journalism used to be about, you know, giving people the facts and presenting them in an unbiased fashion. Now you have companies like CNN or Washington Post who like to purport the they like to purport the like the the thing about Trump about not denouncing the Charlottesville white supremacists, even though he has. And I remember when that first story came out, I accepted that. But I started to do research on it. I'm like, well, actually, here's an excerpt from his actual speech and the video. He denounces them several times, but people are still going back and they're just saying, oh, Trump doesn't denounce neo-Nazis or stuff like that. But I can find several videos. Like you say, I just did my research instead of just right. accepting it as like the facts. And then I just say, wow, actually, this is this whole thing is not true. But I've been so emotional about it. A lot of people get emotional about it and think, oh, no, like this has to be the truth. But like you say, it's, it's a lack of knowledge and a lack of wanting to understand because it's easy for people just to take the first thing that comes out like oh see that's it right there you know yeah absolutely i mean we all fall victim to that right like even you said you said that you you fall victim to seeing a tweet and you're like damn that it it enrages you right because that's how we're Mm -hmm. that's how our mindset is built in society anymore right it's it's not about exactly all about the facts it's about what we see in front of our eyes and it's so easy on social media for cab you post something on 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 instagram and what i'm not saying you would post anything that's not true but you post it your followers see it and then your followers go to somebody else and that person goes to somebody else so if they see it on cnn it's like it's the gospel then right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if you're only willing to like I always go into this battle and I talked to you a little bit this about this off air. There's a lot of things that I don't agree with uh, on both sides of the fence, but I, I do believe having healthy conversations is how we grow as individuals and understanding why you think the way you think. And I think the perfect transition for there is you're very vocal on your opinions on social media about being not just a Republican, but a black Republican. Mm-hmm. And, and, and looking over your posts, you get a lot of hate for it. I've, I've, I was looking at your comments and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So in my head, what made you want to come out and say something? Because obviously you're trying to build a career. Like you said, you've, you've got a, you want to do some rap. You, you launched a clothing, uh, a clothing line and stuff like that. Even whenever you're understanding that you're going to face backlash for this, what made Kyab decide, you know what, I'm going to come out and speak as a black Republican. Well, one, and you know, I got to say this for all my Gemini's out there, you know, I'm a Gemini. So it's like, you know, we just, you know, we're just always, we wild, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, we don't, uh, we don't give a fuck. We just, we do what we want. And to a deeper level, it's like, I've always been that weird, just that weird kid that, you know, I, even if I was wrong about something, I gave my opinion on something like this is what I think about that. You know, I always just been, I never, I never fit in and I've tried my whole life to fit in. And, uh, so I was like, you know what, with everything I've learned now, and I tell people, I don't agree with everything within the ideology of the right, but I would say that overall, from my perspective, to have a healthy society and to have a healthy life as an individual, it's kind of like a me. I'm not a Christian, which is kind of weird because a lot of uh, that's kind of the base of conservatism. 
like I could I could have a conversation about the true history of Christianity and how it goes back to sun worship and the Egyptians and yada 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 and all that. Like say, say I have my criticism of Christianity too, but I would agree that you know what, for the most part, they just want people to have structure, organized lives, and you have to be stoic and not really give in to so much. It's kind of like with Buddhism. So I've studied that too, and I incorporate a lot of that into my life. So I said, you know what? Let me come out and say this to do something different, not just within hip hop culture. But let me do it for the entire black community, because I see that really the thing that made me want to come out and say, you know what? Nothing's really getting better in my community. And everybody, everybody is so like every rapper, every rapper to some degree expresses radical leftist ideology, even though they all rich, which is, you know, <laughs> to me, stupid. Like I said, they just preach all this, you know, uh, anti-America stuff and all this stuff. But America is the stuff that gave them their careers. So I said, how could I come out and do something different how could i like you know with my newfound with my newfound beliefs my new perspective how could i do something different uh, i said you know what let me just come out and do it because when i realized that i was a republican i said you know what i made a choice i'm going to be a republican i never forget this was last year it was last year when i made the decision to be a republican but i like it i kind of hinted at it in my post but i never really came out and said it but with everything happening now with the coronavirus pandemic and especially these with all these violent, you know, uh, protests across the country from BLM and Antifa said somebody has to take a stand against this. And especially in music, seeing that how music since time immemorial has been used to put out messages to cause, you know, radical change. I said nobody's really doing it. They're just preaching the same message that we've been saying down with the government and all this stuff. So. I said, if somebody's going to do it, it has to be me. And somebody said, well, what about Kanye? You know, he's a Republican rapper. But I said, well, Kanye's been protected by years of wealth and fame. I'm starting from the bottom. <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't have the luxury of being wealthy and famous. Like, I'm starting from the bottom. But I said, you know what? If I do start from the get-go saying I'm a black Republican, at least I know, well, there. at least I know that if any hate I get, I know I can't lose fans. I can only gain. I can only gain them because this is how I started off. It's not like I flip flop because I tell people it's like this is something. Even if Trump loses, I'm going to still be a Republican. I'm still going to fight for this country. I'm still going to fight for my beliefs. This isn't some thing that I'm doing for clout because the thing that really touched that hurts me the most is when I see that what could happen to my community in Detroit, to the entire black community at large is what, what, what can happen and what will happen if Biden gets in. I said, I can't be silent about that because it's the stuff I've been seeing my whole life. And I'll be damned if I see it get any worse. Cause like I say, it's, you know, so it's, it's already bad, but you know, I got it. Somebody has to say something about it. So I might as well come out and say, you know what? Yep. That's me. Black Republican here. You know, so many follow-up question to that is why is it not okay to be a black Republican? <laughs> that's a oh, that's a documentary right there. <laughs> it's not okay. And, you know, the funny thing, Rick, is that you know, and this is me, I studied the, you know, studying all the way up from you know when uh Africans were free from slavery through the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, you know. It shocked me to know that, you know, the Republicans fought for most of that. The Democratic Party fought against most of the civil rights initiatives from the end of the Civil War up until the civil rights movement with Lyndon B. Johnson. He's a well-known racist. But the roots of black people in this country, from what I study, are conservative and are Republican. It wasn't until the 30s they changed. And the main reason a lot of black people aren't Republicans or think it's bad to be is because of this 
it's been a huge smear campaign against the Republican Party. But but then on one hand, and I was telling somebody this, too, that the Republicans are guilty of handing over power to the Democrats in this country, whether it be making backdoor deals to maintain their position of power while they run everything. And, and uh, Republicans can be just as dogmatic as, you know, as the left, because like I tell people, you know, I don't agree with people who wear Confederate flags either. To me, that's a symbol when our country was divided. I'm all about unity. For sure. I don't stand for, I don't stand for anything that was a symbol of, you know, just segregation in this country. And that flag is one. So I don't agree with those people who claim they're Republicans either. But all in all, I would say most people just think it. it, it they're, they're, ugh, I lost my words. Republicans <laughs> have, become, have just synonymous with white supremacy. And it's all because of a smear campaign from the left, seeing as how they control the media. And like I say, in my community, the black churches, they preach it. Even though they're the symbol of conservatism, which is which is like I say, just boggles my mind. Then black media like BET, they they also preach it, and then black grievance groups like the NAACP, they fundraise on it. So as a black child, you come up and you hear all these different, especially your parents, your grandparents, your church, all these different institutions that you're taught to respect. You just like I say, you accept it as this is the truth. Nothing else is the truth. Republicans are racist and Democrats. Yeah, they may be white or whatever, but they have our best interests. But like I tell people, when you do your research, that's clearly just it's not the case, especially when it comes to when it comes to running this country and making it so everybody can be prosperous. I tell people, if you do your research, Democratic policies, they, they just they, they really don't work like objectively. They really just don't work. Now, that's not to say that there aren't Democrats that actually do care about black people, care about minorities. But like I say, just do your research and you see that Republicans aren't real racist. The Republicans are the ones that have fought from the get go. And of course, they couldn't do everything at once. Couldn't do everything at once. But from what I've researched, like I say, I've spent I've spent from when I was like 23 up until now researching this stuff. I'm like, wow, it's like. The same thing you asked me. It's like, why do we see Republicans as racist? Like they're the ones that have been fighting for us. And then going back to what you said earlier, it's just a lack of knowledge, a lack of wanting to know. You know, people just think that let's do what we've always been doing. Let's say both politicians are racist, but we'll still vote for the Democrats because that's what we've been doing for so long. So, right. Absolutely. That's that to me is something interesting as well. Um, So the one thing for me is, is understanding the process. Okay. So, for me, when I say Black Lives Matter, right, when I say that, people get the idea of, okay, you're siding with this organization. Obviously, in my own research and understanding, I start to understand and kind of unpack what um, the organization kind of stands for, what the organization stands for in my head versus when I say to you know to you or to anybody that wants to listen, I believe, yeah, Black Lives Matter. I do think that there's some issues within our country, but- I can see why individuals get upset around the Black Lives Matter movement because of what we see kind of unfold, right? So to Mm. you, my question to you, though, is we have the Black Lives Matter movement and the organization, which I think can be two different things. But how do we make people understand that there can be peaceful protesting under the Black Lives Matter movement, but we need to also understand that the organization is also toxic, and they see that's it's kind of like a slippery slope. That's a great question. That one, I'm gonna be honest. 
when you look at the ideology that Black Lives Matter, I agree with it. But then you have to put the word all next to it. The, I, the ideology that's getting pushed now, the Black Lives Matter that we know, that we see on TV, that we hear people you know, out in the streets talking about, that we see people with face masks with Black Lives Matter on it. It's not the full story of Black Lives, though, because it only comes from when I say it to people. This, the consensus in the Black community now is Black Lives only matter when a white person, most of the time that gets reported, a white cop kills a Black man. But when you look at the evidence, one, a lot of these situations, like I said, I'm a black man saying this, a lot of these situations, he could have just easily complied, even if the cop was wrong and could have had his damn court and could have been alive. But even if a person is a criminal, even if the black guy is a criminal, oh, no, the cop could have did something different. So either way, it's wrong. So it's become like a sense of entitlement. Another thing with Black Lives Matter saying basically, basically, they believe that black people can do no wrong. But like I say, come to my city, I, I sure show you black people can do a, a whole lot of wrong. <laughs> like I say, um, like I mean, I was never deep in the streets like that. Nothing. I was, you know, good kids, stayed out suburbs, you know, stuff like that. But sometimes I have my little piece of it, and it's like, damn, I've been part of the problem. So shit, like you're right. It's like shit, like I can't live with this fallacy in my head that black men can do no wrong and stuff like that. Cause I tell people if we're if we're gonna go with the narrative. The Black Lives Matter, you got to put all next to it. So that also means when, like, um, it's a 15-year-old in Chicago going around doing drive-by, which I've talked to people from Chicago who came here to Michigan. They say, yeah, it's like Chance the Rapper said it. He said, you know, I know y'all sad about, you know, 15, 16-year-olds getting shot in Chicago, but it's a lot of 15, 16-year-olds, 14-year-olds doing the shooting. Like, um, this was, I think this happened two years ago. You know, a gang member walked up to a little black boy, nine years old, shot him in the head, killed him because his father was a rival gang member. And I tell people, where is his march at? Where's the, where's the marching? Where's the protesting? Where's the community getting burnt down? Even though that, even though that's stupid, but I'm saying like, if you're going to do that, it has to be, it has to be uniform. So that's why I tell people like, really, really the organization and the ideology, both of them are just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're just, it's incoherent. Cause, cause as long as you, as long as you keep on saying that, and, and you as a white person, like I say, it's I have no problem with you saying Black Lives Matter, but I feel a lot of white people now are being guilted into saying it. They're being guilted into saying it, like with the the one video of you know the mob surrounding the white lady at the at the at the uh, at the cafe, forcing her to put her fist up. I'm like, she doesn't owe you anything. If anything, you owe something to your community to go and the same way you denounce, you want Trump to denounce white supremacists, denounce the real the real monsters in our community, the ones I've had to deal with, the Crips, the Bloods, the GDs, the Vice Lords, the ones who kill 5,400 black men on, on average every year since 1980. But nobody wants to acknowledge this because then this would, it would, it would um, go against the narrative. It's the narrative that white people are the problem. Like, 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 no, like I say, like I've been robbed at gunpoint by a black man as a delivery driver. Been robbed at gunpoint, and he told me he would shoot me. Another young black guy looked just like me. And the cops were there. They went out to find him. Now, I don't know if they found him, but they, they were there for me. They were there for me. Ain't no other black person coming to my aid. They just said it's something that happened all the time when I told people. And I'm like, see, that's the attitude. That's the attitude that keeps our communities in the state of peril. It's the same reason why me. I'm a CPL holder. I have three registered firearms. 
whenever I go see my cousins, my cousin, he's a videographer. He said, man, I'm getting more business. I'm going to have to hire you as security. Cause like, you know, I got about, you know, a couple thousand, about $4,000 worth of equipment on me. I'm like, man, it's sad. You know, if we were in another neighborhood, yeah, I still carry my gun, but I know most likely nothing would happen. But since we're here on in Detroit, in the side of town we're from, it's that much serious. And why is that? It's because of the culture that exists in the same people, the same people. And I've seen this too. The same people who will say that Black Lives Matter there's some of the criminals and thugs out here doing the killing and shooting. They hide behind that, you know? Crazy. Absolutely. So Absolutely. my follow-up to that is how do we fix the issue? You, you want my solution? You want my solution to it? Absolutely. Well, my solution to it, and like this would be if I not even if I ran for governor or any public office, this would be my solution. I would take a survey i would analyze most predominantly black communities and i will see which ones first off need to have the national no skip that the army sent into them first and foremost being chicago i've been i said this even before i became republican i said shit if anything the government needs to send the army into chicago i guarantee you everything all that violence to stop in a month maybe two weeks second we as black people you know we talk about you know want to be safe and living in danger but I'm like, why you ain't got no gun? So one thing I would do, I would lead a national initiative, say, look, we need law abiding citizens, law abiding black citizens to get their CPLs. And we fight back against the real urban terrorists. That's the proper name for them. You call them whether it be real niggas or anything. Let's fight back against them and work along with the police. Also, like I say, we lead a national campaign. People say that people say that there has to be sensitivity training for cops. Let's flip it around, though. We need to have a I would have a national campaign for sensitivity training on the civilian side because you can't have it both ways. You can't you can't say that you you distrust the cops, but then your son just got his head blew off from a gang member. You can't you you and then you don't want to talk to the police. You can't have it both ways. They say you can't have your cake and eat it, too. So you're going to have to change your perspective. You have to change your perspective and start talking to these brave men and women who risk their lives every day, and you're going to have to get strapped. And that's all there is. That's basically the main point to it. In addition to changing our culture with black men not being in the household and also black women dating horrible partners that they know won't be around for their sons that will later go on to destroy the community and commit acts of terror, whether it be through gang banging or selling dope or anything. That would be my solution. And if it was me, if personally, if I was the president, like I say, specifically Chicago, because Chicago is a prime example because it is so violent, I would give shoot to kill orders. I'll say, look, we catch you. We're going to for children. Y'all safe. Women, y'all straight. Y'all got, got working regular jobs. Y'all law by the citizens. Y'all safe. But if we catch you out here and we catch you out here on bullshit, shoot to kill. Bottom line, because it's getting to the point now to where I just talked to somebody. They said their cousin just got killed in Chicago. I'm like, man, that was that's messed up. Like, you know, reached out to me. I'm like, damn, I talked to the mother. I talked to the mother of a girl. Her name is Cadence Lazenby. You may have heard somebody on the news. Probably not, though. Five year old little black girl got shot in the leg with a hollow tip. Nothing. No outrage. Nothing. And I talked to her mother and I, I sent them a gift and I was like, you know, um, 
miss such and such. You know, I have a niece and this breaks my heart because it feel like I feel like it could have been her. And I said, it breaks my heart to know that we'll burn down our own communities for this. But nobody's going to do anything for your daughter. And she said, man, I feel you. You're a godsend. I, I say the same thing. We talk about the cops, but my baby's in the hospital right now with a bullet wound. Never going to be the same again. Post-traumatic stress, the whole nine. So it's stuff like that where I say, like, to my solution is, as the black community, we have to just fight back to end all this violence. And when it comes to the stuff that happens with the cops, I'm going to be honest. Like I say, based on the, based on the evidence, that stuff is never going to stop. But it's not happening at a dramatic rate like we think it does, because most black men I found out have less than three interactions. And this is even for, you know, the ones in the street have less than three interactions with police a year. So it's not like they're like they're not going out of their way to kill us at all. But we're going out of our way to end up getting killed because we represent, like I say, most of the violence that happens to anybody in this country. So really, it's a change of our culture. And a lot of that starts with the black community, like I say, fighting back against the ones who are really wreaking this havoc. You know, and like I say, just being responsible for our own safety. And when I say be responsible for our own safety, like I said, that means work along with the cops, but also accept that they can't stop all the shooting and they shouldn't have to. We have to stop that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so a couple more before we go here. Um, who are some individuals that are inspirations to you? Whether it could be now, it could be previous, it could be, you know, and so forth. So, so individuals that are it's kind of inspirational to you. To me, uh, well, got to give a shout out, you know, to the beautiful queen, Miss Candace Owens. Thank you again for that repost. I've been watching her uh, since I started to change my perspective. Her um larry elder thomas soul uh from a, a more historical perspective genghis khan is actually an inspiration to me from a military perspective and just a leader perspective you know just to see what he accomplished and his strategic mind is it kind of inspires me to like you know to operate the same way i do now and like i, I wish other black people in the community could you know think like him too him and uh Sun Tzu uh, read The Art of War. He's become a huge inspiration to me. And uh, that's all That's all I could think of off the top that's, of the head. Yeah, like, I, yeah I, it's kind of crazy. I I, uh, I went and picked up uh, Candace Owens' book. You know what I mean? Like I said, for me, it's all about understanding and learning different things. I don't necessarily, again, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I literally just picked it up. I've been reading the last couple of days. For me, it's, you know, I, it was funny. I went to the, it's a quick story. I went to books and books a million to go buy it. And when I went there, it was literally deep in the depths of, of sorrow. Whenever they, they had it laid out, it was, it was insane. It was insane. They had literally just one copy and it was literally in the back of a book that had just came out two weeks ago was hidden in the, but you know what I mean? It was it's a bestseller too. Exactly. Exactly. Like number two or number one on the, on the bestseller. Um, mm. But I, it, I've started reading her book and kind of listening to her because, like, again, that's all about this. This all this is about for me is understanding, learning, and consistently trying to figure out where I where I lie within this entire process, but also understanding why people feel the way they feel. And my one last question, I like the last. This is the last question I got for you. It's kind of my, uh, you know, the ending here, the Valero verdict, as I like to call it. When Cab passes away, what do you want your legacy to be? Man, you know what? Somebody else asked me the same question. What do I want my legacy to be? I want people to know that I was a fighter. I want people to know that, you know, and like I said, of course, I want to 
have my own stuff sometimes you want to you know get certain you know material things stuff like that but i just want people to know that i was a fighter and that i truly was even though i wasn't perfect that you know i fight for people when i when i see the truth and i see somebody being oppressed i will fight for you even if it means my own life i will fight for you and that's all i stood for is that you know whatever is right i'm gonna fight for it and whatever is wrong objectively i'm gonna fight against it bottom line that's what i want people to remember me for that you know i was a fighter i like that i like that where can people find you on social media man you can find me on twitter my twitter handle is uh cab all capitals cab underscore bgams bgyams uh, you can find me on instagram i have my youtube account that's also a uh, cab k-a-b got some songs and some videos on there and i have my uh, my clothing store that's on my uh, my shopify website from my uh, contra clothing line that's the name of my company uh got some new designs coming out you know really inspirational it takes a lot of courage to wear them though so just think about that before you <laughs> Gonna buy something. I got this one. Um, it's a shirt that says "Blush Lipstick Mascara." I loved it. I saw it. I saw it. I was right. So so, so I got that. Got some new designs coming out. And like I said, I got a lot of more. uh, Got some new stuff coming in the works. You can find me on all those stuff. You ever want to reach? Reach out to me. Even though my Instagram uh, DM is uh, deep right now, I can't really answer all of it. But I will find a time to talk to you. You can hit me up on Twitter. And uh, if you ever want to, you know, uh, personal, uh, hit me in my email or uh, call me. Somebody called me the other day. I got my number on there. Even if it's a death threat. <laughs> you know, so just, uh, you know, just uh, hit me up. Like I say, uh, I'll find time to talk to everybody. I appreciate all the support. Rick, I want to thank you for getting me on here. Um, you know, you got a lifelong fan from now on, whatever you need help with. And uh, like I say, just, you know, I'm glad to have a chance to talk to you today. Thank you so much for coming on, man.